it's funny. People always be like, don't forget about the little people. It's like, why do they refer themselves as little anyway, you know? Why don't you just get big with me? They can see it in my eyes. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of John's Entitled Podcast. I am your host, John. This week's guest is Ian McConnell of the band Zaius, like the Dr. Zaius from Planet of the Apes. Uh, Ian reached out to me about a week and a half ago to see if I would get on, have them be on the podcast to talk about their new record getting ready to come out on October 6th via Prosthetic Records. Uh, the record is called Of Adoration. Ian was kind enough to send me their record, and it's kind of interesting because as you'll hear me say in the episode, I usually only listen to this kind of stuff, this instrumental kind of music, uh, around the time of fall, winter, just kind of seems to fit a little more of the vibe and uh, of, of some of that music, stuff like uh, Russian Circles and so on and so forth. Um, also, I just want to point out, if it sounds like I'm kind of falling over some of my words or like my S's are coming out a little weird. I uh, bit my tongue earlier in the day, and or actually a couple of days ago, I think, at this point, and so it's still kind of swollen and, and kind of shitty, and I've kind of noticed on occasion that it, it uh, causes some of the words that I say to sound a little weird. Um, so if it sounds like I'm talking awkwardly or, or differently or suddenly having a hard time saying my S's, uh, that would probably be why. Um, so word of the wise, uh, pay more attention when you are eating your food, uh, <laughs> because uh, you might bite your tongue, uh, something I haven't done in a while and forgot how much it sucks. Uh, all that being said, though, back to uh, talk, talking about Ian. He had reached out to me and said that he had uh, listened to a couple of the episodes I had done with uh, Fallon, uh, going over our Deftones discography conversations and so forth, and you know, would be interested in, in doing a chat with me. You know, something I had kind of taken a page from the Talk To Me podcast, uh, one going back and listening to the very first few episodes and so forth, uh, Josh did a really good job of opening up the podcast as a, as a resource for up-and-coming bands to get on and spread the word of their music and, and all that kind of stuff. And it was always something I admired that Josh did uh, when going back and getting into his podcast. And, you know, I inevitably did the thing that I think is great about podcasts, especially when there's so many of them that you can listen to and go back uh, and find older episodes from before you got into the, the podcast itself, but was going and then checking out that band. Uh, I think the band that he had on was uh, Citizens and Saints at the time, uh, and I went and checked them out because I enjoyed the conversation that he had with, with the, the guys from that band. Um, and I think that that's a, a good example of what a podcast can be for, even if, you know, by the time someone finds an episode, the album or albums have been out for a while, you, you can always find a, a new band that you like, and they could be old, they could be new, uh, but at the end of the day, like, even if it's an older band, it's still new to you by the time you hear that, so, uh, definitely was a different approach, uh, to doing the podcast than, than I had thought of at the time, so when I've had a few bands reach out to me, uh, and I think I'm going to try to do like what Josh did and, and kind of give this as a platform for younger bands to kind of get their music out there and, and kind of tell their story. Um, all that being said, uh, Ian and I got into some, some interesting conversation about, you know, their writing process and, you know, what the record for what this record for them, they hope to do with it. Uh, what touring might look like for them being that they are an older, older guys in the band and, and have families and so forth. Uh, obviously, you know, if you were a young 19-something-year-old kid, you know, you can just get in a van and leave your bullshit job behind, but 
sometimes as you get older you have a, a nice nine to five and family and things to take care of and and going out and making you know no money after driving five and a half hours to get to a show uh just really isn't in the cards so it was kind of interesting to talk to ian and, and kind of get into more of what being in a band looks like for them more or less the basis of the of the concept of this band was just to kind of be a studio project and, and to be something fun that they play out maybe locally and has kind of garnered more attention to allow them to sign to prosthetic records and and make this new record uh, of adoration so really interested to see what comes of this record once it's released on friday october 6th so without further ado this is my conversation with ian mcconnell of zayas screen printing so oh nice nice yeah, yeah it kind of can be except for today the fire people fire marshals or whatever the fuck it is i don't even know mm-hmm. uh they came to work and so all of the uh extension cords we use for like fans and all that kind of stuff had to go because <laughs> it's so, not oh. set up set up legally technically Right. So, I mean, this is still one of the hottest days of the of the year still. Or, I mean, not of the year, but, like, of the next couple of weeks. Um, so, it was, Michigan, you know. Michigan, yeah. right? Yeah. What so, part? Uh, Grand Rapids. Okay. My family lives in Muskegon. Okay, so you're about, the family is about an hour away from me then at that point. Yeah, yeah. Not too far at all. No. No, at least they have a beach, though. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, I'm here with Ian McConnell. And we got introduced because you had reached out to me via an email uh, stating that you, your band, and or at least you, I, I'm not sure which it is, if it's the band or if it's just you, uh, had reached out saying that you had heard that episode that I had done on the Deftones discography and reached out and said that you guys, your band, and, and I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce your band name, so go ahead and say what your band name is so people can actually get it correctly the first time. It's called Zaius. Okay. Like doc, Dr. Zayas from Planet of the Apes okay. is where it came from. But yeah, Zayas. Are you guys going to run with that with any merch designs or have you yet? Yeah, we've done it. Mostly it's from The Simpsons. Right. The, doc, the Dr. Zayas song. But like, but yeah, we've we've worked with that kind of merch stuff before. It's always funny when people have something like that and they, they don't run with it. It's right, like, right. It's oh, an obvious merch, merch idea. Um, but you guys were gracious enough to give me your upcoming record that comes out as of the time we're recording this a week from, t- uh, not today specifically, but a week, uh, week from now. Correct. And I was pleasantly surprised because I think, uh, you guys caught me in a good mood of catching, you know, music like this. Cause usually stuff in this, this realm, which is you guys are an instrumental band. Uh, a lot of times I wait until like fall winter time to listen to stuff like this because I, right. I'm kind of more in that headspace. Uh, uh-huh. If that makes any sense, but I was pleasantly surprised by by everything because, like I said, a lot of times I ha- I have to kind of want to seek out music that's doesn't have vocals or things of that nature. Um, so let's start from the beginning, though. 
how how did you get into music or how did this band start for those who aren't aware of of the zeus um we've met just in the scene we've all been playing in bands for the past 15 years or so we've we've all started in the scene like really heavy metal type stuff and we just met throughout bands and eventually just started jamming was the idea always to be an instrumental or was it just kind of a necessity due to the fact you could never find a singer just in general or one that worked with what you guys were trying to do we had a vocalist at the start but we kind of wrote the songs without him in mind so there's all kinds of lead tracks and a lot of stuff pretty much when we gave him the songs there was no room left for vocals <laughs> as far as mel- melodies and things like that so it just didn't end up working out it, we didn't intend to be instrumental but it just kind of happened but we all really were into instrumental music before we started the band but what are some of the influences of, of the band as a whole that you guys would use as like a launching point for like influences to start jamming yourself um well like i said we started off in really heavy bands so influences back then might have been totally different from zayas where we were trying to be a mellower version of things we've done in the past like trying to i don't know explore clean guitars effects things that we never got to do in our other bands they were just too heavy you know it's interesting one of the uh I think it was very toward the very end, and, and as I kind of had said before we were uh, recording, uh, with having my phone on at work and, and only being able to to listen and not see what songs were, um, I'm not exactly sure of song titles, but there was a song, I want to say it was like either the second to last or last song, there was some, some leads going on, and I had a very Thin Lizzy vibe to me like i was picking up on on that and i don't know if that's something that any of the guys in the band like at all or if anyone has ever picked up on that but i was kind of like wow there's like this weird like little thin lizzy kind of vibe going on (laughs) and i was like it's kind of weird to to pick that out in an instrumental band uh is that an influence of you guys or am am i just kind of totally picking something out of left field for you no yeah probably very subconsciously that's the stuff we were raised on you know a lot of classic rock thin lizzy rush pink floyd along those lines but yeah has Plus, anyone, every, as I say, has anyone ever picked that up? <laughs> oh no, that's the first time we've heard Thin Lizzy. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, we all, we all have totally different tastes too. So our bass player is definitely into stuff like that. So he incorporates that style in for sure. Like you guys are in the on the outskirts of Chicago, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, yeah, okay. suburbs. Chicago. Okay. Um, I know here in Michigan. And, and kind of I'm noticing as a, as a whole, the trend is kind of becoming more, you're seeing a lot more instrumental bands actually making it and having, excuse me, success. Uh, we right. know with bands like Animals as Leaders and to a degree, I know Between the Barry and Me has vocals, but I mean, most people would probably associate them for their musicianship. Right. Um, is that something, you know, seeing a lot of bands that are making it right now as instrumental bands, does it does it make you feel like this is something you can attain even on a local level because i notice a lot of local level on the local level a lot of instrumental bands popping up around here in the midwest and it's kind of surprising to see a a scene that supports those kind of bands right yeah it's almost getting to the point where it's too much like it's like oversaturating itself in a way it's cool but like now it's almost 
not even a strange thing to be an instrumental band anymore. Like, there's kind of so many of us now, especially in Chicago, there's a ton, there's a really big instrumental scene, so. But do you think that helps you guys yeah, in the yeah. sense of, like, you know, because <clears throat> there would have been a time where it's, like, a band like you, I, I was trying to think of this from, like, a booking perspective. If I would have gotten you guys and gotten some songs to listen to, I'd have been like, this is really cool, <laughs> but what the fuck do I put it with? Right, yeah. And, that would, yeah. That happened to us a lot in the early days. They would just throw us on a hardcore bill. or <laughs> a, We played a lot of – they would lump us in with, like, doom bands all the time, which we I'm have sure. element elements of that in our music. But, like, still, we were always the odd guys out no matter where. But now, yeah, there's kind of, like, a little instrumental scene going on, and at least we can play shows together. We have, like, kind of like a little click at least, so – do you feel that being the odd band out on a lot of bills actually worked in your favor? Oh, yeah. We would definitely prefer that, especially because, like you mentioned, Animals as Leaders, Chan, Pliny, bands like that. Like, we're a totally different style of instrumental band than those, the more genty, eight-string, shred-type bands. We don't really run with that crowd too much. So, But they're, them being a band raises awareness to instrumental music as a whole so when uh, i was trying to think some of the songs i was trying to figure out what i mean because a band like this i i mean i'm gonna assume as a as a musician not a very good one but as a musician myself uh i was trying to think of a lot of the different gear you guys were using um how big into gear are you? Is it like, do you guys, are you in the search of like the perfect tones and, and different things? Or is it more just like, you know, about the riff and the groove and stuff like that? And just kind of the, the actual writing. Yeah. For us, we're not really super huge gearheads. We're not really big theory guys or anything like that either. We're kind of like punk rock aesthetic when it comes to everything. It's all vibe and stuff like that but like we've been starting to take our rigs a little more seriously lately with the whole i don't know trying to upgrade interest in like what we're playing these days stuff like that but because yeah, i was wondering <clears throat> with like your use of delay and stuff like that like i, I kind of got a sense of with some of the the songs themselves and the arrangement it's kind of weird that you said you guys were from more of a a heavier background because i kind of got the sense of that but it's almost like the things instead of being played very fast they're played with more sense of creating a backdrop to allow for like more ambience and groove and stuff like that and i think that's a big difference between you know something like a, a, a metal or a hardcore or whatever into more of this at times it almost like flirts with like shoegazy kind of stuff uh, yeah, with the, yeah. like the delays and the the clean yeah, yeah. the clean of guitars and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. um so i mean at, at what point is it as someone who tries to write and i i'm so influenced by so many different things something i have a hard time is like marrying like oh i love like chuggy like fucking like meshuggah-esque kind of things but then i also like really chill like pretty lush sounding like strummed out chords and stuff like that how hard is it to write like that and who who does the writing and, and do you guys like does someone bring a song and then you guys just kind of bring your parts to it or what's the writing process like for all of you um usually every song starts off with the skeleton of a guitar riff, which is myself and our drummer, just usually noodling around, setting up, we'll noodle around. If we find a cool chord or a cool riff, kind of like put it in the bank, you know? Mm -hmm. 
And then later, the hardest part for us is just arrangement, compiling. We have no problem like riffs falling out all day, but like <laughs> when we actually compile them, that's the hardest part for us, like where we're pulling our hair out, moving things around, especially like you said, when you're trying to mix in a heavier riff with some more melodic shoegazy stuff, like to try to make it all flow seamlessly, that's by far the hardest part. Yeah, it's it's interesting because in listening to the record, I was trying to think like having worked with you know old roommates and, and jam with people, you know sometimes you'll have something and someone will be like, "That's a verse riff. This is a chorus, or this this right. part that you're doing can tail into a bridge, which then can go into this which we're doing." And then you know you're you're arranging the song in a traditional sense of verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, outro, whatever. Like you're in and out in about you know three and a half minutes how how do you know when your songs are done like i I was thinking about Uh, that as like some of the songs like i was like oh i think this is like the winding down of this song and then it just went for like another probably two or three minutes and and it's i'm not saying that in a bad way but it's one of those where it's like you know i think we've been so conditioned into a song typically should be about you know two and a half three three minutes or so and the fact that like you know you have all these parts and you're not a slave to like okay we got to bring this vocal melody back for the big you know bridge and the payoff or whatever it's like you you have more time to be able to do different stuff that it's like how do you how do you know when your song is done is it just you know more about a feel or yeah yeah we love that's a huge advantage to us is doing that having that freedom where we don't have to have verse chorus bridge you know like to us that's the best part of being in this band like no rules no boundaries like i don't know and that's for us we like to keep people on their toes like like you said thinking the songs end and then take it in a totally different direction like we intentionally do things like that all the time to just mix it up you know we try not to stick to any formula for ourselves and for people listening so so i actually pulled up the record uh the record is of adoration and I'm looking at the song titles, and, and as I kind of quickly was looking at them uh, the first time I listened to it a, about a week or week and a half ago or so, or whenever you sent this to me, mm-hmm. I was try I always try to figure out, especially when there's an instrumental band, you know, the words that are being used are so sparse. It's not like you have a vocalist to, to convey something, so it's all got to be done with the music. But when you're coming up with the song titles, I, I have been wondering if there's more to them, if they were working titles that just kind of ended up sticking. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about the how you got the album name and, and the song titles, like if there's something more to them? or Yeah, we definitely put a lot of thought into our song names. Like They will have goofy working titles when we write them, but when it comes down to actually putting them out, we put a lot of thought into the name and kind of just go off the vibe of the song. You know, Obviously, since there's no lyrics, there's no meanings, but... We just go off vibes, how the song, what the song reminds of us of, you know, a time or place, which I guess the name of Adoration and the songs on the record is supposed to be a very positive, just, I don't know, like remembering good times, like songs are named after good times in our lives or things like that that we want to remember. Like, yeah, I don't know. That's kind of the theme of the album overall and the name of adoration is of adoration of the things you adore in your life yeah because i mean as i'm because some of the <laughs> some of the songs and i usually pride myself on being able to 
uh, get something right based, you know, I'm, I'm a stickler for spelling and enunciation and all that kind of stuff. So, like, when I see a song, and I'm probably going to butcher this, but, like, uh, Sirenus? Yeah, that one's the weird one. That's <laughs> just uh, Sirens. Okay, just see, that's kind of it's kind of what I was thinking. So, like, when I was thinking of it, I was like, all right, Siren, Siren Call. Like, I was kind of thinking of things like that. And then sometimes when I do that, I, and especially with instrumental music, I'm always like, am I overthinking this just based on a song title that could have just yeah. been something where someone's like, I was reading this book and I saw this cool word. Well, let's name it this. And you're just like, ah, oh, fuck, man. I thought there was, like, some crazy, like... All right, oh, yeah. so like the lead in this, you know, there's three different leads, and you know, it's kind of like the you know the sirens that would tempt uh, right, you right. know, blah blah blah, and you're going through, and then you're like, nah, dude, I just saw it like in a magazine, and I thought it was a cool word. <laughs> right? Yeah, for us, it's a little bit of both because we will just words will pop out to us, and we'll just try to remember those things to use later on, you know. But but yeah, we try to challenge ourselves and whoever's listening with challenging words just to make them, I don't know, maybe look out different things or think about it you know because i don't know it's not much challenging stuff out there these days it's all cut and dry to us so we try to just with everything just keep things fresh and different and i definitely think you have to especially you know i just had a conversation a little bit ago with a a band from around here called lake effect and you know as we were talking I had made the comment, you know, like, what what do you want this record to do for you? Because at this point, they're still an unsigned band. They're still a local band. But, you know, they took the time to go out to Greg Thomas down to Virginia. And Greg, you know, has been in Misery Signals and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, is a, a pretty big musician within his own right and puts out a lot of, you know, bigger records for smaller bands that are trying to take that next step themselves. Right. And, you know, I see a lot of bands, I feel like, they just kind of go around aimlessly, like well, we're going to play a ton of shows and, and we're going to, oh, we're going to this producer or we're, we're putting out all these songs or putting out all this content. And it's like, well, at the end of the day, what are you trying to achieve with, with all of it? What is the end goal? What and, and how do you know that you made it? How do you know you reached your goals? Like, it just seems like people are just aimlessly doing this band thing. Right. So with all that being said, when you started this band, and, and obviously, like we said earlier, there wasn't necessarily a, a instrumental scene really. So was the goal always to kind of be like most musicians where it's like, man, it'd be really cool to, to put out a couple of records, maybe get signed. And, and I don't really know what that looks like on a, on an instrumental level. Cause I mean, it's right. a sort of completely different world in a different realm of possibilities per se. But what did the beginning of the band look like for you guys? And what were you trying to, to accomplish? Um, we didn't really start it off with huge aspirations. We, like I said, growing up, when we were younger, we had those aspirations of being signed, making this a living, you know. Now we're older, we kind of, it was kind of a passion project. A lot, all the other guys in the band have kids and things like that. So we were looking at it more of like a, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the band Cloud Kicker. Yes. Like stuff like that, you know, just kind of like a basement project where we release albums whenever we write a batch of songs, like kind of like that, just but the, a hobby band, yeah. But I was so gonna we, say the funny thing about I'm sorry to cut you off. The funny thing about Cloud Kicker though is there became such a, a yeah, want yeah. for them to play live right. that then it takes on its, its this whole yeah. other entity. So I mean, it's funny yeah. you mention a band like that because I mean that that very much goes to sort of what I was gonna segue into and you, I'll I'll ask this as like the secondary part since you brought up that band. 
mm-hmm. you know, you get to a point with it, or any local band where you, you build enough buzz and, and you, you kind of take your shit seriously, that you got to kind of start thinking like things are kind of attainable. Like, wow, there's actually a, a sort of demand for this. So at that point, it's like, you know, you, you mentioned Cloud Kicker, and that was just, like you said, a basement project that wasn't really meant to be anything, and then it became something with a really big demand. So with that kind of being one of your influences, like, you know, how do you... And I guess because I'll I'll just say this so we can talk about this too. You guys are the record we're talking about. You guys are putting out through Prosthetic Records. So I mean that's a that's a pretty big you know indie label. Right. And it has been around for a while. So I mean mm-hmm. something that you're just doing for fun and, and just wanted to to play around and and have fun with it has now gotten you on a, a pretty decent sized indie label. Like and you know you just mentioned that some of the band members have kids and stuff like that. So now this fun project actually might you know, take you to some of these levels that you were trying to. So what does this look like for you now as a whole? Like since it started off as just a fun project? Well, essentially we were in the same boat as the situation you just described. Like it was just a thing that we did for fun. Like, and it kind of did, the demand was there for shows and I don't know. We do kind of look at it differently. Now you kind of have to, once you're in this situation, but I think that's kind of why it all worked out the way it did. If we had the intentions this whole time of, oh, we have to get signed, things like that, who knows what would have happened, you know? I think it's because it's, I don't know, we didn't intend for all this stuff to happen. Like It's funny how that works out. Yeah, like, I truly believe that's kind of why all this happened, because we weren't looking for it, and it just, the demand was there, like you said, but... But yeah, so you guys started off playing and didn't really have the aspirations. What was kind of the build as far as the band? Like, you know, was it kind of an instantaneous thing because there was more of a, a thirst for quality music that like this that, you know, isn't the genty type shit that everyone's, you know, being beat over the head with for the last, you know, half right. decade or so? Or <laughs> Because I imagine the thing that I liked about your record is I could see you guys playing with someone like you know, like a, a band, some of the bands that like Equal Vision used to put out, uh, like Harvard or even like a like a Seosin or mm-hmm. Idle Hands or something like that, which does right. sort of like goes between, or even like a Dance Gavin Dance kind of where mm-hmm. it goes between some of the more ethereal, like ambient stuff that you guys do into more some of the, the prog riffy stuff. But I could also see you being a nice palate cleanser on something like, you know, like a, a Between the Barrier to Me or, a, you know, Animals as Leaders, like where it's like way more tech. And it's like, you know, here's so you're going to get bludgeoned to death with all these like <laughs> these notes and all this kind of shit. So yeah, here's yeah. a nice little palate cleanser in between before you, you have that happen. Like, I feel like you guys fit this like interesting space that doesn't really have it have a lane yet. Like, I think you guys are like on your own thing that I, I've not really heard. And, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, yeah, that's intentional as well, you know, like like you said, it's something different, like, I don't know, which is always intentional, we just, if we hear somebody do something, we don't want to do that, you know, like, you don't want to oversaturate the market with just the same thing over and over and over again, so, and we all pull from such different influences, that's why all those things are there, like the Thin Lizzy mixed with Dance Gavin Dance, mixed with Deftones, mixed with everything, you know, like, that's because one of the four of us is into one of those bands and we're smashing all of our influences together. So, 
Plus, I mean, all those bands that we just mentioned are all very versatile and, and don't fit into any one genre either. Right. Yeah. So we're taking all these very obscure bands and making it even more obscure, essentially, which could be a good or a bad thing. Like you said, it's starting our own lane, but it might just be sometimes people want the same thing over and over again, you know, so we'll see. It's funny, as I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, I could see this band doing really good, but I can see, as from the booking perspective of things, I can see a lot of people being like, yeah, I don't know what the fuck to do with this. Like, I don't know right. the kind of local bands to put on this. So it's one of those things, like, unfortunately, like, thinking about a lot of bands over the course of, you know, you know the 30-some-odd years I've been alive and seen a lot of different genres come and go, mm-hmm. that sometimes I wonder, like... And and this is like this kind of sounds like a backhanded compliment, but it's it's totally meant to be like you know like wow like you guys are like like I said doing <laughs> something different, but it's like I'm wondering if like because you're you're different enough if it's gonna be one of those things where you're like you guys are too soon like by right, the time right. like everything happens like you guys will have been like everyone will be like man you remember there was a sweet band when this this you know whatever they'll end up turning yeah. this but you know there's a sweet band Zeus and and it's like. They put out like you know a couple of records, did a couple of tours that were really good, but you just never made it over the hump because people didn't yeah, know what late. to do, and oh, yeah. they were they were on the ground groundswell of like this thing that was about to come, and then you know five years later after they broke up, like then it became like I I have too many instances of bands like oh, that. Yeah. Then yeah. it's like, are you guys have you guys thought of that or like you know just the fact of like the struggles you may run into being kind of like a band in your own lane at this point? Yeah, like I said, with the no expectation thing we keep all these things in mind and if it happens it happens you know like i said we have no huge aspirations of becoming the next mastodon or baroness or something you know like if this is the end of it that's that's fine by us too but like we are well aware of like like you said like you'll see bands like misery signals or quicksand or failure back in the day like bands that are ahead of their time which got popular when it was too late, you know, after they've already broken up or something like that. Like it happens all the time. So I'm wondering the hard part though is, is too, is, and and maybe you can explain this too. And on the secondary part of this question, but with, was there a lot of label interest from you or for you guys, or was prosthetic like really one of the first to come to you and, and offer you something that you were, you know excited about and could get behind as far as like you know signing to a label because i mean today's musical landscape sometimes you don't really need a label for anything other right. than just distribution and even that's kind of yeah. a little eh. yeah that's kind of the mindset we had starting off kind of keep it diy just because of things like Bandcamp, spotify like you don't really need a middleman but and we had talked with some smaller labels about maybe doing a small run of vinyl or something like that but yeah prosthetic was the only one that came around like you said they're a reputable label once we got something from them we took it a lot more seriously and like it was kind of a no-brainer to go with them just because their reputation it's interesting because when i was trying to think of the bands that i used to listen to from prosthetic i was (laughs) all i could really think of was like early all that remains acacia strain and mm-hmm. like bands of that ilk, like are are there many bands like you guys on that label at this point? No, not at all. Okay, like, so it wasn't just lack of research on my end where I couldn't find anything that well, just really isn't. Yeah, we're the odd man out again. There was a band called Scale the Summit. Okay, they were they were the band like us before the odd man out too. Instrumental, very proggy. Yep. But they parted ways with the label, so we kind of were filling that gap 
that was there for them. But yeah, we're the only. Everything else is very, very heavy, black metal, like really dirty sound and shit. So nothing like us. <laughs> but but I feel like that's again maybe in a, on a label that's more predisposed to having the same kind of a band over and over and over again, or within the same subgenres or whatever, just basically heavy, you know, brutal metal bands. Maybe you know the label will take a different interest in you and in an approach and actually all those things will actually be to your your benefit like people will be like wow this check out this band on prosthetic like they don't sound like anybody else right. and, and i i don't know like having not really experienced things on that end of the music business side like is that something like is that a legit thing where you know they came to you guys and were like hey look you know like we don't have a band like you we would like to do these things when to roll out with the record and this kind of a promo you know package and you know get you on these kind of a tours or again is it still kind of a, a more like a you know you guys keep doing what you're doing but you got like a little bit of you know our backing to help you do what you're trying yeah. to do yeah they're definitely very free letting us just do what we do and they're just behind us you know they don't really tell tell us what to do or anything but since they did have scale the summit they're kind of familiar with what to do with bands like us but but yeah they are it is a different world for them too it's cool that they took a risk with a band that's so much different than everything else it's cool that they're so diverse in their artists you know what are you guys looking forward to the most with this with this record coming out? Like, what are the what are the plans for the record release and and the maybe sub- subsequent like touring cycle or whatever? Like, are there tours on the on upcoming that are going to be announced soon? Or um, we have some stuff in the works for maybe early next year, as far as like a longer tour or something. But right now, we have no plans. Besides maybe just like some weekend Midwest runs, which we'll be doing at the end of October. But Are you, are you guys doing a, a proper album release show like the day of or the weekend of the show? Uh, we were doing one October 21st in Lombard, Illinois, which is the suburbs of Chicago. We'll be doing a release show there with our friends Outrun the Sunlight and Coyote Man, two other Chicago instrumental bands too. I feel like Outrun the Sunlight is played with my friend's band uh, Knives Are Quiet. Yeah, they come to Michigan all the time, so I'm yeah. sure it's the same guys. Actually, we'll be playing with them in Lansing next month. Max Bar? Yep. Uh, if it's on a weekend, maybe I, I can swing it. I think it's a Sunday. Oh, those are harder to swing. <laughs> I feel well, like Sundays are harder to swing than actually like a weekday because you're like, uh, like I have like grocery shopping and like other stuff I have to, like that's typically like the thing you do on the weekends. Got to go to church. Uh, I mean, some people do. Some people yeah, do. Yeah, some people do. Yeah. <laughs> we actually have a pop-up church that comes to the school. Like, I have a school across the street from me, and there's usually a pop. I call it a pop-up church. I don't really know if that's the correct term, but it's. I mean, some dude loads it in in a, a trailer, and they have like you know pop-up crap that they stick on the inside the uh, driving, like the parking lot, and they do something within the school somewhere. <laughs> but it's very Who weird. Knows? I don't know. It's very weird. The first time when I moved here, like to this house, like about seven or eight years ago, and I, I woke up one day, I was like, "What the fuck is this?" And like, I was like, "Oh, I think it's a pop up church." Like joking, and then like the church like flag thingies, like band flag type, you know, banner things that bands have, like when they do like warp tour or whatever. Yes. Uh, <laughs> it just said whatever the church's name. Is. I was like, "Holy shit, it is a 
fucking pop up church. <laughs> yeah, me and my girlfriend saw a billboard for pet baptism the other day that they're doing <laughs> at the church by us. Pretty much just spraying a dog with a hose or something, but get a kiddie pool, charge yeah. like twenty bucks, couple, yep. say a couple hail marys, and you're good. Yeah. So with you know something I had asked uh, Brandon from Lake Effect when you know we were talking about his record that's getting ready to come out soonish. Um, with this record, what what are the aspirations from you guys? Like I know we have already said it numerous times that you guys don't really have much, uh, you know, that you're looking to do with it. But I mean, when you I I feel like when you get to the late the the place that you're at with this like where you're on a, a decent like i think they call them like major indies <laughs> or something like that mm-hmm. uh and you know you guys are getting ready to put out something that's got a, a good distribution that you know can reach further than you know potentially you could on your own i feel like you have to start looking at the band and, and everything kind of as a business and right. you know have to have some realistic goals and so forth so i mean going into this record coming out in a week like what are some of the goals that you guys have for it and what do you hope that the record does for you um pretty much we're just letting the people decide if people latch onto it and the demand if, pretty much the what for zay is if the demand is there we'll keep pushing it further and further but if no one's into it no one's feeling it that kind of determines how far we're going to go into it too you know so We'll try to play as much as we can, tour as much as we can. We want to do as much stuff like this, like podcasting, and use social media to our advantage more than grassroots, old school style. But if the demand is there, we'll do everything. But we're kind of just gauging things out at the moment. Do you feel like, do you see a lot of heavy touring next year or very... I mean, like, again, we, we, we mentioned Cloud Kicker kind of as the, the, the right. recipe for what you guys are doing. So, I mean, it's like, I guess, like, if the, if the and, and, and I don't know if this has been part of the sort of promotional rollout for everything as well, but, you know, if the label's like, hey, this is a band that basically isn't really going to tour a whole lot at all, and it's just basically going to be a studio project. I mean, if people know that from the get-go, then I think the the expectations of what, the band can do and and how long it can last are completely you know at that point up to you guys really but i I feel like a lot of labels don't explain that to the fans they just push out a record or whatever and then all of a sudden it's like well when am i going to see him i want to see him i want to see him you know (laughs) i mean how many times do you go on to different band you know social media pages or the individuals themselves and you see hey come to brazil come to this place come to this place come to you know come to these places so i mean at that point like are you guys ready potentially to to have people be like yo come to this place and you're like well it doesn't work quite like that like there's one of you and you know there's you know four of us and right the gear yeah. in, the, in the van <laughs> and, and all that kind of stuff so are you guys potentially ready to to make those those strides to become a, an active touring band yeah like i said if the demand is there we'll make it happen but we are for sure a live band we are no way a studio band like even though we had the intention of just being kind of like a hobby sparsely releasing records type of band like we are a live band like that's when we are at our best so we pride ourselves in our live our live show and we'd love to tour just logistics make it kind of hard but if there's a demand for it we'll swing it eventually you know but but yeah, we have some things in the work for January, February right now. Probably 
sticking with other prosthetic bands at the moment maybe just kind of piggyback along with them for some small runs or something like that i just always wonder sometimes like when someone like i know there's a few handful of local bands around here and even bands that are sort of where you are now uh but they're they're just not on the label anymore but where it's like you know like still remains i think is a great example for someone around our area where it's like you know they were signed they toured a whole bunch and then just life happened and they they hopped off the road and and now they kind of do things on their own and like i know they're all gearing up to go to the uk for i think about a week and a half in the next like week or so as of the time of recording this but it's one of those where i see so many people you know some some of the guys had to go because they had you know kids and they and they couldn't do the road as much as some of the others did so it's like i always wonder if there's ever talks of you know when a, if a band gets to that point where it's like okay well i don't have kids but i really want to do this and so i mean it's like i i, I kind of wonder if you guys have had that conversation where it's like i mean at some point you kind of gotta i feel like you have to kind of have that conversation as a, as a whole and just kind of be like okay like realistically we 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 have to make blank amount to make it worth our time like i mean that's just really any band like you're not going to be a typical like you know 15 16 17 year old bunch of dudes piling in your mom's like minivan and borrowed gear and all that kind of stuff and be stoked to make 25 dollars right which we which we've done before like that's kind of what we all came up doing is eating shit on the road all through our 20s so for sure that's why we're kind of weary to go back to that we know what we're setting ourselves up for so it's just kind of an interesting time in this day and age i mean i had mentioned on a different podcast like where it's like you know you get offered like i'll get offered like an all black metal you know five or six band package tour they want you know eighteen hundred dollars for a, for a monday night and you're like uh, yeah no that's not like, <laughs> that's not happening like i'm not putting on a mini maryland death fest like in uh, <laughs> like yeah. it just ain't happening but i also like I commend those those people for you know trying to do it, but I just often wonder. It's like you got like as a band potentially gets bigger later on in their life, and you know, like you said, you guys have like day jobs and, and so on and so forth. It's like okay, so <laughs> at what point do you kind of start thinking like like you know the one person being like I really want to do this, and like you know it kind of sucks that like I'm sort of being held back. Right. And maybe that's the wrong verbiage to use, but you know, yeah. I've seen it far too often where eventually oh, yeah. it comes to that with some bands where it's like, well, what happened to this person? Well, they had kids and they just really couldn't commit to the life anymore. And, and I didn't want it to just be solely this thing and two weeks or, you know, basically a month worth of touring over the course of a full year really doesn't scratch the itch that I have creatively and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's one of those where I just wonder, like at this point, it's like, I know, you know, and we, we've beaten it to death, but it, I mean, it's like, there's no aspirations, none of these kind of things, but have you guys at least maybe talked about that where it's like, Hey, if it gets to this point, like you're still in the, like, I would still be willing to be in the band, but maybe just in a, in a writing situation and, and maybe you could find someone else to replace me in a live setting. Yeah. yeah that has come up and something we've all agreed on is we don't, we're not fans of rotating lineups and stuff like that. Like, pretty much we almost made a pact if someone leaves the band then that's the end of the band type scenario maybe if it ever came down to it we could do a fill-in touring musician if somebody really couldn't do a tour opportunity but something to me that really irks me is like rotating lineups and bands like it's 
becomes a cover band of the band itself you know like why would you even want to go see the band if no one in the band is there like no it's totally. to me, strange yeah i just saw that every time i die like one of my favorite bands is uh apparently having their one two three their fourth drummer i think at this point it's not officially been announced that Daniel Davidson's not in the band anymore, but oh, he's not. Oh man, uh, I don't know. They the drummer from Norma Jean currently right. posted something, and it, it had all the rest of the Every Time I Die like uh, scrims on the the cabs and all that kind of stuff. So it looks like he's Uh-oh. at least filling in. But at this point, I think they potentially have gone now through their fourth drummer. Uh, two Norma Jean drummers, huh? Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, every drummer they've gotten since Ratboy left, I think, is exponentially gotten better and yeah, i mean yeah. i don't know if maybe for them like the new blood of a drummer or whatever like they've kept the the band itself the writing part pretty consistent over the last you know decade right. plus but i think uh sometimes i wonder if invigorating a, a new person kind of adds you know a shot to the arm as it were to the to the songs and to to a band to make it kind of be more like yeah this dude's awesome like let's fucking get in the room let's write some shit like let's let's see what this is yeah, like, I'm, yeah. I'm excited yeah, as long as the core songwriters are always there, the band can always survive, like Every Time I Die. Like, they have the core there, so a drummer is just interchangeable. But yeah, I think it bringing a new guy in definitely brings in a new life to the band. But Have you guys ever thought about doing something... Because during the whole record that I, when I was listening to it, I was just like waiting for the sort of Russian circles thing where, you know, somebody comes in and, and does like a vocal part on it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we've considered it. I'm sure somewhere down the line we will. Maybe some female vocals or something along those lines. But uh, yeah, we've considered it for sure. Well, I think uh, it's kind of a lot of the, the things I've been thinking about over the last week and a half. Like to ask, like, and I, I uh, really appreciate you reaching out to me. Like, oh yeah, like I had kind of mentioned, like you know, I do this basically in, in my office and talk to usually like a, a computer screen sometimes where I can actually see the person and majority of the time not. Uh, right. But for considering that I just do this in in uh, my room and and pretty much assume no one listens to it, <laughs> it was kind of yeah. interesting to see you you had reached out, uh, especially it was like the Deftones chats that had, had gotten you. So uh, in the last couple of questions in closing, uh, in checking out the Deftone stuff. How do you feel Fallon and I have been? Because we've gotten some some flack I've noticed uh, on some of the different socials and such that it's on, like where people are like, oh man, that song's not the, you know, this song's the best <laughs> song, and you guys said it was one of the worst. Like, do you think we've been pretty pretty <laughs> spot on with our our assessment yeah. of, of the records, or is there something where you're like, man, that that was an egregious like statement you guys made on, oh, yeah, and on yeah. this? No, you guys do a great job. It's her least favorite song or your least favorite song you know like of course my feelings get hurt but it's all subjective you know like people aren't always going to agree but yeah what's interesting is in a couple hours we're actually going to be doing the chat about uh saturday night wrist which Uh, is still a record i still like i (laughs) we we pretty much already did my my least favorite which was uh adrenaline and yeah. from there we just we just get into records that I like. Um, Saturday Night Wrist is a record I I think is a pretty strong record. Honestly, same like I did yeah. I had said with the self title. There's a lot of great records or great songs on these records. I think sometimes the sequencing is kind of what throws it off. And actually, this reminded me of a question I was going to ask you guys. 
in putting this record together, how important was the sequencing or was it just kind of, cause I was expecting a lot more songs to lead from one right into another, like, Oh, the tail end of this pretty little like shimmery chord is going to, you know, segue into this other thing. And since it didn't necessarily, I was wondering, like, did you guys spend a lot of time, like, with track listing, working on it when, you know, you were demoing out these songs and going, like, hey, like, this song needs to go here and then this one, like, or, you know, being an instrumental band, is it just kind of like one of those things where if it's not really a concept and, and it doesn't have marrying parts, does the the track listing not necessarily make as much as, excuse me, not as important uh, as it may be for, for something else? Um, it's definitely important. In our past EPs we've done, we pretty much wrote those as one piece. Like each three song EP was pretty much one song split up in three parts. So sequencing used to be a really big thing for us. We were kind of like in a dark side of the moon colors type mood, you know, making these long, really thought out pieces. This time around, we just tried to to write a bunch of songs and then hope they all fit yes at least like somewhat go into each other you know like which i think that did like it was kind of a happy surprise the sequencing kind of worked out but do you feel like that made it a little bit easier in writing these songs because you didn't have to make them right yeah like, yeah jam the puzzle pieces in as so to speak yeah yeah because it's like i said it's already hard enough to write the songs themselves and then when <laughs> you have to try to like write a little segue between song a and song b it just makes it even harder because you have to end on the same key or whatever you know same vibe and like sometimes it's just a nightmare so we just weren't in that mindset this time around of getting super spacey. You know, we just wanted to write some songs, really. So going going back to my Deftones thing, what is your favorite song off of Saturday Night Wrist? Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I love the record, too. I think it's a great record. Um, maybe Kim Dracula or I'm not good with names either like you, but. Kim Dracula, probably, I'd say. All right. And then favorite Deftone song as a whole? Uh, Probably Digital Bath. Those drums. Just overall, Just the, yeah. The way those drums oh. start off the song. Yeah. That's overall why, because production, songwriting, overall, that's just the best song ever made, in my opinion, but... It's definitely up there every time I, I hear that song. That and I think Change were like the two on that song where even thinking about it now, it kind of gives you goosebumps, just like the ethereal nature of like the recording and just the way it was it was done was yeah. interesting yeah. and it just sounds great and it's timeless. Yeah, the production on that record overall is just ridiculous. But So I always end these with a song. Mm-hmm. So what song would you like me to end it with? and maybe give me a little bit of a backstory as to why you chose that song or and it doesn't necessarily have to be one of your own uh there, <laughs> there have been a few people who are who have thrown me curveballs and, and and been like oh you know play play this song instead uh right. not by me and i'm like oh okay <laughs> so it doesn't have to be something of yours but i assume that you would want to play something off the new record that's coming out and right so um I guess I'd say Sirens. That's we just put out a video for it the other day. It's by far the, probably the most well-written song on the record like as far as like cohesiveness and 
blending all of our different styles into one song, you know, the really heavy stuff, the really chill stuff. Like, I think that's the best thing we've done as a band yet. So I definitely choose that song. Would it be safe to say that potentially this is maybe more in line of where you guys would like to go with some of the songs you're writing? No, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. We, we don't really have those. We don't think that far ahead. We just kind of riff, see what happens. I know we want to experiment with some weird tuning, some weird pedals, stuff like that, and kind of just see what happens, you know? Maybe could be a lot heavier, a lot no heavy riffs at all. Like, we kind of just leave it all up in the air to chance, see what happens when we get in a room together. Definitely. Um, well, I want to thank you for, again, reaching out to me and, and sending me an advanced copy of the record. I, I really enjoyed it. And uh, where can people find you and or the band and all that kind of stuff to plug the socials? We are Zayas Band on all socials. Maybe I think it's Zayas The Band on Facebook. But yeah, we're on Spotify, iTunes, all that kind of stuff as well. You can find out our new record and our older EPs. We have two older EPs as well. Is there still pre-orders up for this? Yes. Yeah, pre-orders are live on Prosthetic site. And is there, I didn't check that before we did this, but I would assume there's going to be vinyl, hopefully. Yeah, we're all really big vinyl guys. So that was a big thing for us to do vinyl. So Awesome. Well, I uh, hopefully you guys have a, a great uh, first week. And I will, like I said, I will get this out in the next, uh, probably put this out Monday or Tuesday just to kind of really give it like the last little push for you guys to use or whatever. But uh Again, I really want to thank you for reaching out and oh, giving yeah. me a copy yeah. of the record. And I awesome. uh, hopefully, I'll see if I can make that uh, that show in Lansing work. Uh, yeah. Otherwise, yeah, uh, hopefully, you guys will be out this way soon enough since we're here in Michigan, not so far away from you guys. Right. Yeah. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, not a problem. Enjoy the rest of your evening. You too, man. Bye. Bye. So that was my chat with Ian McConnell of the band Zayas. Pretty interesting, actually, to kind of hear a band that is at the point where they're, you know, getting ready to put out one of their first records on a, a decent-sized label, and to hear that there's really not a whole lot of touring behind it. Like I said earlier in the intro, and as you kind of heard us talking within in the conversation itself, it's, <clears throat> I think it's an interesting perspective that, you know, a band will take at this point, you know, being older guys who are, have families, have careers, and just kind of wanted to do something for fun and, and the fun thing kind of turned into something bigger than they ever expected and I, I tend to find that a lot of bands who go into making a band just to have fun and and have real no aspirations as far as anything other than just like hey you know we'll make some music and we'll see what happens ironically enough a lot of those bands also are the ones that that take it a lot further than most people who start a band to try to get big and popular and all that kind of stuff uh i don't know if it's just because you know you don't care and everything that happens is a, is a success in your eyes because you don't plan on anything to happen with it other than just having fun um but it was kind of interesting to hear you know ian talk about how one of their influences is cloud kicker and cloud kicker actually is one of the bands as we were talking that i kept thinking of in my head of being like man this is very much like how Cl how cloud kicker started but the problem is is there became such a demand that cloud kicker had to make a band it couldn't just be the one guy basically it, he had to get a band and they had to start hitting the road and figuring out what that looked like so i mean i guess that's a great great problem to have that you know there's such a demand to see you and, and you have to figure out what that's gonna 
encompass for you as a as a musician and eventually as a band. So I'm hoping maybe the same thing can happen for Ian and the rest of the uh, Zayas guys. Um, I mean, like I said, worst problems to have. So uh, if you want to follow Zayas, uh, you can do such on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, pretty much everywhere. It's going to be Zayas the Band. Uh, Twitter is actually Zayas Band, and so is the Instagram, so I'm sorry. It's actually Facebook, Zayas the Band. Twitter and Instagram, Zayas Band. If you would like to see their songs... I don't know how you would see a song. If you would like to hear their songs or go purchase the other uh, EPs they had talked about, you can go to zayus.bandcamp.com. That's Z-A-I-U-S dot bandcamp.com. You could also email the band at zayusband at gmail.com. Uh, there is a link currently on their Facebook uh, for pre-orders for the record. Uh, it looks like they have a really sweet uh, blue variant of the record. Uh, it's $21, which I think is actually a pretty reasonable price for, for a new record. And $10 if you just want the CD. Uh, like I said, there's a link on their Facebook which takes you to Prosthetic Records, which I believe the, the link I saw as I looked at it real quickly was just store at prostheticrecords.com, probably a backslash Zayas, if I had to guess. Um, but yeah, I would definitely recommend if you're into a lot of like kind of chill instrumental kind of stuff, like metal, hard rock kind of things, Zayas is definitely a band for you. If you're into instrumental music of this kind uh, and you would like to pre-order the record, obviously first week sales are, are a huge thing, uh, so it'd be great to see this band do really well with this first week sales, so head on over to the links, the Facebook links, the prosthetic record links, uh, go view their YouTube video for this song that I'm about to play, which is Sirens, off of their album of Adoration, comes out this Friday, October 6th. Uh, and they have a couple of shows coming up, too, in the Midwest area. October 3rd at the Subterranean in Chicago, Illinois. October 20th, Frequency uh, in Madison, Wisconsin. And October 22nd at Max Bar here in Lansing, Michigan. I say here like I'm actually in Lansing. I'm not. But here in Michigan uh, is where the show will be taking place. So if they are in any of those places or you are in any of those places, go see them. Go support them. Tell them that you heard them on this podcast uh, and heard me rambling about some bullshit. So without further ado, this is Sirens off of Of Adoration by the Banzaeus. Talk to you next week.